Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Tourpreneur Travel Business Podcast, where every week we talk to a travel business owner about their business, how it works, and get you all out there in Tourpreneur land inspired. And I could not be more excited to be talking this week to Jessica Off of Guestware Trips. I met Jessica just a few short weeks ago at the New York Travel and Adventure Show, where I scoured the floor looking for interesting businesses, people, things that were moving and shaking in the tours and experiences sector. And I didn't discover Jessica. I discovered her tote bag. I was in another booth and I saw a man with a giant tote that said, guess where trips? And I said, I need to talk to you. What the heck is that? It sounds interesting. And he pointed me over to the booth and I met Jessica and here we are today. So Jessica, thank you for making time to talk to me today. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to talk. I was really excited to talk to you because out of all of the businesses I saw, you were the standout because it just felt different and new. And I had 39 questions to ask you right there in the booth. And I stopped myself and I said, let's just do this on the air for the benefit of our tour operator community. And before we dive into your business, I actually also wanted to talk about this unique entity of the B2C travel show, the New York Travel and Adventure Show. It's part of a brand of travel and adventure shows that go all around the United States. And as a business owner, I was wondering if you could talk to me about your thought process behind joining that event and how it went for you. Yeah. So the thought process really stemmed from us doing a market. We did a one, of, it's called One of a Kind Market in Toronto. And we have never seen so many sales from just like a five day, just from a market in general. People were nonstop signing up for our trips, buying our trips on the spot. And so right after that, I, I was like, we need to we need to find more customers in the U.S. That's the, the market that we're trying to grow right now. So I went online and I found the travel show and I signed up for all four shows. Not sorry, not all of them, but four of the shows in the U.S. And we our first show was New York, where I met you. We have since done LA and we are signed up for Washington, DC, and San Francisco. So far, it's been good. It's been different than our other shows in the past, just simply because it's more exposure than people buying things on the spot. But it is a really great way to meet fellow travelers and influencers and other marketers. Yeah. Who did you connect with? Was it potential just travelers looking at your product or, as you said, other actual partners roaming the floor looking for collabs? Mostly potential travelers. And the biggest takeaway was just getting their email address. We said we didn't even have time to sell because we were so busy. We were just, it was more so for awareness. And we said, put your email address down. 
put what region you're interested in and we will send you an email. And we actively got over 500 emails, which is really good. That's great. That's great advice. Yeah. When you thought about these shows, what were you hoping to get out of it? Was it that kind of awareness? It wasn't. I think because our product, like our price point is $65. I was hoping to sell more trips there. However, the market that we succeeded the most in last year, people had already, people already knew our brand. They knew who we were. So it was easier to sell on the spot. In New York, it was more awareness. This is who we are. It's a little different. So they wanted to go back and do their research and, and then decide from there. That's a really good distinction. In, in the market where you're known, it was just a chance to do that impulse buy and be like, oh, yeah. But otherwise, here it's a different per- perspective. Yeah. They say that you they have to hear about you three times before making a decision. And so that will just be like our first attempt at getting in their faces about us. And then hopefully they'll see ads, they'll see other trends doing the trips, and then they'll make the decision from there. Oh, if it were only three and not <laughs> 19 across Facebook and Twitter and your website and in person and everything else. I know. At least three. No, I'm joking. I think this is a good segue to actually get into what the heck you're doing. So we know your price point, but we don't know what you're doing. And that's what I wanted to, this to be about, a surprise. So tell me about guest wear trips and what this model is. So we sell one day surprise road trips. So instead of a typical tour operator or a travel agency, we're actually an e-commerce provider. We're essentially selling these really beautifully packaged one day itineraries that they're intended to be mystery trips. So we have over a hundred themes to choose from online. We're in, I think, 15 different states now. We're across Canada. So you would go online, you would choose your departure location, you would choose a theme. Do you want to bring your dog? Do you want a trip that's more accessible? And then on and you still have a general idea of where you're going. They're intended to be one day, they're intended to be self-guided. So they're $65 for the mailed package. And you can bring as many people as you want. We recommend bringing up to five people. You get this really cute package in the mail. We also have digital versions available, but the, the mailed version is, is way prettier. You open up the Before You Go package and it tells you what to pack, what to expect, when to leave. There's playlist recommendations, a few clues of where you'll be going. And then when you're ready to go, and we tell you the best days of the week to go on, the best seasons. So we're not, sometimes we're not going to recommend on Monday in January when everything's closed. And then when you're ready to go, you open up the first stop and it's not just like one thing. It's a map of a, a specific area that you'll be going um, to. There's some history, there's fun facts, and it's a series of different recommendations. So instead of just one coffee shop, it's like here are a few coffee shops, one that if you're vegan, one if you're gluten-free, here's a boardwalk trail. You don't want to do the boardwalk trail. There's a cute museum nearby. And we try to pick, pick out all the quirky roadside stops that you normally wouldn't find going on the road trip yourself. So that's one stop. And then you move on to the second stop. The stops are five to 15 minutes away from each other. And by you, by the time you get to the fourth stop, you've been on like a one day trip that and you've discovered new businesses, new places. You've learned about the area that you're traveling in. Yeah, it's just a, it's a fun way to road trip. What has the feedback been to this new business? We launched during COVID and that actually helped us in many ways because people were interested in just people didn't want to do overnight trips. They only wanted to get into their 
leave from their house and maybe explore locally for one day. So that really helped us. We grew organically in Canada. Um, we couldn't keep up with our orders. Like we had a lot of growing pains because it was so popular. And people love the details we put into them and just the how unique a lot of the stops are. A lot of people don't expect that. So yeah, it's been fantastic. I think the challenge right now is we grew so organically in Canada without spending a dime on marketing. Now we're launching in the U.S. and it's a little bit harder because we're not just selling you something. We're selling you a very unique concept. So we have to educate people on what exactly it includes and why it's a great idea to buy it. Yeah, that strikes me as a, both an easy and a hard sell. Always it's hard to have to educate a customer first. Yeah. I've started several businesses and it's really annoying in a similar fashion. And yet, do you find that's people also intuitively get it once it's explained. What's the Where's the dividing line between making sure that they don't know enough that it feels so obvious, but you're still trying to make them feel like, yeah, this is something you want? I think people have to see what the package looks like and the, type, the amount of detail we go in to the package for them to understand. Like when we're at shows, like markets and shows, and we pick up the package and we show them the process of opening up the envelopes, people get it. I think we've gotten a lot of traction, just UGC con content and word of mouth on Instagram, people showcasing their experience via re reels or TikToks. And so that's a great way to find out a better business. I think in just a simple ad form, it's really hard to sell people from like a Facebook ad. It, it feels very on trend with the unboxing fad. And the yeah, exactly. Unboxing. This is, I don't know where I'm going to go. These envelopes will tell me where we'll go today. And I think the audience loves following along to be like, ooh, where's your first stop? Where is it going to take you? And we have cute little themes for each stop that travelers go to. So, Yeah, I, I was particularly enamored of your business because I've been on this kick lately with interviews with a bunch of psychologists and just in general thinking mm -hmm. about how important the concept of surprise is in the way in which we are most delighted by the travel experience, especially in this age of AI travel planning and everything is mapped out and everything mm -hmm. is researched ahead of time. And I've just spent 482 days planning my half day trip because I need to read every blog and go on to read every review, right? You're offering yeah. a chance to exit from the matrix. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are overwhelmed by the research pro uh, process and people then their expectations are lowered a little bit because they've seen all these picture perfect photos online and then they get there and it's not exactly how it seems. So going on surprise trips, it removes all of those expectations and you're just, you, you just open up the envelopes and go and you're surprised at all the stops you go to. And even one of the questions that we always get is what happens if you send me everywhere you've been? And we've had out of all the trips we've sold We've had very few people come back to us and say, I've been to all the different stops. We will get people who have been like, I've been to the town of Valora so many times before, but these were all stops that I, I didn't know existed. I didn't, the story of Valora, I didn't know there was a haunted house on the corner of here and here. So we try to really dig a little bit deeper to show you something that you normally wouldn't see by yourself. So who is your customer? Is it the locals still looking for the day trip? Are people planning you as part of their trip elsewhere What's so the, it's intended to explore your own backyard and so it's intended for a date day to just so you have a free saturday available you have a weekday available and you want to hit the road it's intended to 
just leave from your old house and explore your own backyard. Now, we've had so many trusted customers who throughout the years, they trust us in getting them where they need to go. So when we launched in Florida, they're like, I'm booking a few trips in Florida with you guys because I know you guys are going to show me quality attractions. And yeah, but the intention is to explore your own backyard. Yeah, this strikes me as an opportunity to create a lifetime value for the customer that is very different than me going and just booking a tour on a platform or on a website of a tour operator that's in person. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your background in travel before starting this. What what led you to the point of thinking about an e-commerce platform? Yes, I actually, from a very early age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur in the travel industry. Like, I, my university career was, it's my bachelor, I have my bachelor of commerce and I majored in hospitality and tourism. I only took entrepreneurship classes when I could. And then as soon as I graduated, oh, and then I also spent some time in New Zealand. I'm going to a gym workforce there. I interned um, at the Ministry of Tourism for the Cook Islands. When I got back, I worked at G Adventures, formerly Gap Adventures, for a few years, which was great to see firsthand what customers wanted. Like I was the one when you called, I answered. I was at the call center, which I, I hated, but it was like, such a great company to work for. And it was just good to really understand customers needs and wants. And then I tried dabbling in my own, like I've always been a bit of a wantrepreneur. So I started up another business selling travel marketing services and then I did some freelance work and then it eventually led me to starting up this business and when I started this business it was multi-day surprise trips which up until COVID and then things were all right up until COVID and then everyone started canceling the trips I lost a lot of money and I'm like I just need to simplify this process it's going to be one day surprise road trips and it's grown from there. Well, that's really interesting. In our tourpreneur community, we have a lot of different business models, but one of the one of the popular niches, I would say, is the self-guided adventure tour. Mm-hmm. So multiple days hiking through the back hills of England where they set up your lodging over four nights, five days, give you maps everywhere you need to go, get you set up, but it's you and your wife or husband and dog or whatever. And another area where this kind of self-guided model is popular is like biking tours. Again, multi-day. The creature comforts, the meals, maybe the whatever it is taken care of, but you're an independent traveler. So did you look at that model and say, that seems to be how things go and so I'm going to do it? Was it your G experience? I'm interested in you trying to tackle multi-day and then being like, screw it, too many difficulties. The difficulty came from where I'm from, Ontario, in Canada. There's so many restrictions when you're starting up a travel agency. Compared to if you're in the U.S., it's you pay $15 a month. I had to, I had the route of either you have to give them a $10,000 investment and to start up. That's a, that's a big amount when you're starting, when you're young and you have no money and you're trying to start up a travel company. Just $10,000 to get your TICO license. Plus you have to write like numerous exams or you can go with the host agency, but you have to give them 20% of everything you make. You know, you can't, there's so many restrictions on, you can't have your own brand. And so those are the two options that I had starting out. So I went with the travel agency route. So I'm paying a hundred dollars a month plus 20% of my commissions uh, goes towards them. I can't completely brand it the way I wanted to brand. So 
that was another big, really, uh, one of the biggest factors, um, me being like, I don't want to have anything to do with Tico. That's what it's called here. I want to do my own thing and doing one day surprise trips will allow me to do my own thing and, and not pay any commissions or pay the government or have. And, and the other restriction with Tico is every quarter you're, you have to submit all of your bookkeeping and finances to make sure that you're complying with this government agency. So it was just too much of a headache. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never felt happier to be an American. There's other provinces in Canada where it's even more strict. And so it's really hard, just a lot of red tape. And I, it, it really, entrepreneurs like me struggle with getting started with those type of restrictions. You can say Quebec. It's okay. Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, I hear it. Uh, I remember I was venting to someone from Quebec and they're like, it's even worse here. They're like, that Ontario has it easy compared to what we have to do. In the scope of designing a day's surprise, how have you decided to lay that canvas out in terms of an experience? Walk me through that sort of flow or design that you've crafted for this family. So I love the idea of opening up a series of envelopes to see where you're going. I think that's where the element of surprises. And a lot of people say that was like the highlight of the day. Besides not everything was planned for you, people in the car would fight over who's going to open up the envelopes because that's just a fun little thing to have throughout your day. And how that started was because I created a, an overnight trip for my parents and I want to send them on an overnight getaway, but I want to make it more fun. And so I gave them like envelopes that they had to open throughout their day and throughout their stay at certain times. And so that's what inspired me to use that model, but just for one day. And then originally after I, I after I got rid of overnight, I then did scavenger hunts. I was like, but every envelope is going to lead to a different clue. But people would just get lost. Signs would fall down. They would be like, I don't know where I'm going now because this sign fell down and I can't figure out what letters were on it. And it, that was like the biggest headache, even though some people loved it. They're like, you're taking away scavenger hunts. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm so happy I am. <laughs> scavenger hunts are so interesting because they're almost the most immediate thing that I see people suggest when it's, I want to do something immersive and interactive and whatever. And yet it's a very narrow kind of individual. For example, I love immersion and I love interactivity and I love surprise. But I hate a scavenger hunt because I hate I, it, it actually makes me nervous and it feels like, oh, I'm boxed into having to solve something. I just want adventure. Like, I just want adventures. And that's what a lot of people said once I removed that. They're like, you know what? Now we can actually focus on the destination and not just getting to the destination and all the clues involved. And yeah. And it was also so hard for me to create. I'm like, I, I can't send people there because there's no signs for them to solve a clue. So they have to skip that stuff. It was just like it was messy. So this is really interesting, the opening of the envelope, just this like ritual throughout the day of what's next. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop with the, the arrival of your packet in the mail. It is actually built into sort of the experience over the day. Are mm -hmm. they receiving stories, restaurant recommendations? Are they going into buildings? What kind of stuff are they doing? Yeah. So every stop's a little different. Every stop has a different theme. For example, one of my favorite trips the first stop, I think it's called a floral surprise. And the first stop is this like European flower market, which is free to go into. Everything's like you can buy little things there. And it's just 
flowers coming out of pianos, out of vintage trucks. And then there's like a cafe in the middle. And so that's, we usually have a featured suggestion. So that would be our featured suggestion. But then we also recommend a specific route to get to the next stop. And all along that route is something called the Painted Ladies of Grim- Grimsby. And it's just like cute, colorful subdivision right on the water. And all the homes are so whimsical. Each one has a different theme. One is like an alien themed. One is just, you know, pink and yellow. So that's just like a little hidden stop of a scenic route that we recommend to get to the second stop. I think we also recommend an alternative coffee shop that people want to go to a different coffee shop, not the one in the floral in the floral show house. So that would be like stop number one. And then stop number two, I think, is like you can choose between a waterfall or you can choose between a winery. And so we like to give people as many choices as possible uh, in case there are non-drinkers or in case there are people who prefer wine over walking and also depending on the weather too. So, yeah. We And I, we, that's something that we've gotten better at throughout the years. When I first started doing this, it was like, okay, stop number one, coffee shop. Stop number two, this. And now we're just better at, at providing more options. And sometimes we provide an option that might be $10 a person to get into. And we realize people are spending $65 on this itinerary per group. Um, we also want to give as many, like, as many free options as possible. So anytime, we, anytime there's like a price that's required for one option, we always give a free option just to meet everyone's kind of price levels. Yeah, that is interesting. To me, $65 seems like a zero brainer. That's the price of a private walking tour per person, minimum, minimum, if not way more. And so if you're a family of five, it's actually, you're actually a budget option for a day of adventure. Right? I know. So it's a great price point for just a day out or a great price point for a gift, for a Christmas gift, for an anniversary gift. Now, a lot of people will be like, especially at the travel show, you get a lot of people oh, but I can just plan that. I'm like, yeah, you totally can plan that. You can be like, yes, and plan this. However, we have not only spent weeks planning this, we've also talked to the local businesses. We have incentives at some of the local businesses. We have, we've explored that area. We've talked to the DMO of that area. And then we put it into a really pr- pretty package. People could totally do this, but it takes very time consuming. Yeah, think of the hours spent and the planning, but also you can't plan your own surprise trip. Exactly. <laughs> now, some uh, people are very, they hate surprises. And I'm like, this isn't for you then. <laughs> it's just not for you. Unless you want to open up everything before before you go. I think that's such an important entrepreneurial lesson to not try to create something to capture every single kind of person out there. Mm-hmm. Be like, actually, no, very pointedly, do your thing. This is not for you if you're, if you travel via a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet of 9,000 yeah. rows, yeah, yeah, not for you. What has been your journey working with destinations and with vendors? Did you consider including a, a cup of coffee here or a meal there? I'm assuming that $65, you're not including anything. But what were, what was your thinking around that kind of vendor, that vendor yeah. component? I think within our Ontario trips, we have a lot of stops that have exclusive discounts and freebies because we have so many travelers going there every single day. With our other trips in our other regions, it's a little, we started to do that, but then you get a lot of turnover at these small businesses. And then it's even worse when someone has a booklet and they're like, hey, I'm getting it. If I get a coffee here, I can get a free muffin. And then that person, they just started there a week ago. They're like, what? 
So it was really hard for the small businesses to communicate with their with that staff, especially at that time. There was a lot of turnover. There still is a lot of turnover in that in that industry. So for our most popular trips, we have a few exclusive discounts. We never charge small businesses to be a part of our package, and we always want to. We've always wanted it to be like that. We've had a few small businesses being like, hey, how much is it to be included? I'm like, only if you meet all the requirements. Like it has to be a small business. It has to be unique. It has to have great reviews. It has to be inclusive. And there's a few others. So how do you confront, you said we were so popular in Ontario. How do you confront what I call yeah. the, the Rick Steves problem where you arrive in this hidden gem castle and it's just 98 other people holding a Rick Steves guidebook because everyone's just following his exact hidden gem. How Have you encountered yeah. that? That's so and, funny. Sorry, Rick. He was also at the Travel and Adventure Show. And I've traveled through Europe and noticed that I was like, oh my God, every single person in this room that I'm in has a Rick Steves guidebook right I now. think we are not on the same level as Rick Steves. Yes. And I think because even our most popular trip in Ontario might get five to 10 groups on a Saturday, our most popular trip on a nice Saturday in the summertime. They are all leaving at different times. And so we've never had any complaints where it's like, it was just littered with guestware travelers. Like it's, they're all leaving at different sides times. So they're all arriving at different times. Or for example, our, some of our stops are like, choose your old, you're choose your own adventure. So we're listing off like four different options they can choose from. Not everyone is going to go to that specific option. But what we have realized is that a lot of people who do these trips, who see the same travelers on the stop, they end up getting like a drink or dinner at by the last stop and they actually meet people, which is cool to hear. But yeah, we're not on the same levels. <laughs> I'll have you back on in a year and see if you've yeah. got a new set of problems. That's really interesting. I actually really also, love... Yeah. I just wanted to know, there's like only... I don't know how many books Rick Steve has, but we have multiple day trips to choose from versus he has way more people reading a few of his books that are going to Europe, whereas we have way less people with way more options. That makes Are you saying Europe has too many American tourists going to the same locations? <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked to learn this. Uh, when you look at what's surprised you along this particular entrepreneurial journey, what mm -hmm. comes to mind? Like, what didn't you expect in this in developing this kind of tourism product? I would say I still, four years later, I'm still very obsessed with customer feedback. Like, it's still because I get, I personally get all the reviews, all the feedback emails, and most of them are good. But when there's one who, but this restaurant was closed by the time we got here. And I'm like, oh, that's, I'm so sorry. So I think that's a good thing. Let, let me dive into this little feedback question though, because this okay. feels like it goes back to your G Adventures days where all you did was deal with customers. What did you learn from that experience at G and also running this in terms of how to how to listen to the right feedback? What are your processes around collating and identifying the patterns in that feedback to make real action points and not to be distracted by those outliers and obviously the wrong directions to take based on feedback. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very obvious, especially after working at G Adventures and I did emails for the first few years here, what type of people are you could never make happy? 
like when we get an email sometimes and it's just like complaint after complaint i'm like i'm going to kill them with kindness i always have that approach i'm going to kill them with kindness i am i want to confirm i want to show that i'm listening to them as much as possible that must be frustrating i am so sorry you had to, to experience that way like i always try to get on their level and i do i still with them i, I try to go above and beyond with offering them compensation but i know in my head now i'm like this still won't make them happy but for the most part i would say when we go above and beyond there's so few companies that do that now especially e-commerce companies if you buy something from h&m and complain you're not going to hear a response back from anyone especially like a 65 five dollar product so people are often surprised like oh what founder reached out to me and apologized and offered me this this is great and then they write a positive review even identifying yourself as the founder or the owner. I, I, I see this a lot in my companies. People get into the habit of treating you as if you're just a giant faceless corporation because we're yeah. so used to having to escalate, escalate, escalate to just get through to the most human of people. And so they're taken aback. Like, oh, the actual owner just reached out and personally yeah. apologized. And like, like very quickly. And so that they were going to look into this and change this. And we changed, like if someone has feedback about a particular stop, if they were rude to them, we take note of that and we follow up with it too. Yeah. What's your marketing and sales strategy when it comes to continuing to keep your customer in the community, in the brand as they think about traveling in the future? I would say we have a very engaged social media strategy. We're implementing a rewards program right now where we, because we have so many, I can see it's even on our Facebook, like, we have a few customers who like someone will ask a question about guest for trips and our customers will be responding and answering that before we even have a chance to. So we have this amazing group of customers who they've done most of our trips. They are very, they're part of this really cool guest for trip community. Um, they respond back to all the emails we send them. And so we're implementing a rewards program to reward customers like that, which I'm really excited about. So that is that a question? Is that a Facebook group that then you're running? No, it's just our Facebook account. Your business page. Yeah, our business page. Cool. What other social media is working for you? You said a lot of UGC on Reels or whatever. Yes, a lot of UGC on Reels. We're working on TikTok. It's hard. I think we have almost twenty thousand followers on TikTok, but Instagram is our biggest one by far. Interesting. When you think about your expansion plans, what's next for Gus Ware? Like, where's your mind right Where now as going? you continue to grow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right you now. You can say it's a surprise. Right now we're focusing on a content creator series. So we're actually, we sent it out an email to all of our travelers and asked them, hey, where do you want to go? Where do you not want to go? What are your favorite places? And we added everything to a map. And then we're working with a content creator in each of those areas. And when I say a content creator, I mean like someone who they're like they're a resource for road tripping in each specific state. And we're working with them on creating a road trip. So that is next. I think we're launching like seven or eight road trips from there. And then we'll be launching in upstate New York and Michigan area come July, which I'm really excited about, in Ohio. So all, all the kind of northern states to border Canada. Interesting. You're coming down slowly. Yeah. Uh, I know we don't really have, we're not very strategic with how we launch. I just go by the weather. I'm like, okay, it's January, let's launch in Florida. 
It's February. Let's launch in California. And I think the one thing that I have realized is there are certain cities that absolutely don't work. For example, Vancouver, we've tried our best. We're still there, but we're, we don't see the same results as we see in Ontario. And I think I've realized it's the, it's the more suburban areas that want to explore these road trips. If you're living downtown somewhere, you might not have a car. You are probably pretty busy on weekends. It's the more suburban areas that are like, okay, I don't know what to do this weekend. Let's hit the road. It's also way easier to go road tripping when you're in a more suburban area than like right downtown. Yeah. So I live in New York City. Yeah. I'd have to rent a car. Yeah. And get out of town in less than two hours on a Saturday. I, you're right. And also the savvy urban millennial does nothing but sit there and plan trips because everybody usually hates their job and they live online. And so they're doing a lot of travel Googling and yeah, that's really fascinating. So it's actually, I'll probably get in trouble, but like the second tier cities or the suburban areas that you're, you're finding a lot of feedback. I love that. Yeah. And I also find it's just, I, there, there's some province states that are more road trippable than other states. You would think BC would be the most road trippable state or uh, province, but it's really hard because there's Vancouver and there's a mountain range around it, and there's like a few cute historic towns that you can explore within a day's time. Whereas Ontario, you're like, oh, Ontario, there's Niagara Falls. There is so much more than just Niagara Falls. There's so many historic cute towns that you can explore. It also sounds like you can go to market and modify your product pretty quickly, pretty easily. But yeah, going to market super, like it, it takes us uh, three to four months to develop a series of road trips in that area. It's marketing it. That's, if you, we're not struggling with, we're just, right now we're at the stage of we're throwing a bunch of stuff on the wall to see what sticks. Like we have tried travel shows. We're just in the process now of like of starting meta ads where we work with content creators and working with content creators is really tough because it's the wild west. Like their pricing is all over the place. We have seen campaigns where we will launch and we'll make our money back within minutes. And then we've had campaigns where it's like we've made absolutely no money from it. So yeah. Yeah. Content creators is on the mind of us of a of a huge proportion of our community because it's What's it's what's next? It's the yeah. sort of evolution of influencer marketing, but it's evolved into a real business. And what have you learned as pitfalls and wins with that type of relationship building and outreach? How are you doing it? How is it working? I feel like I don't have an answer for you because we haven't figured it out. The one thing that has been very successful for us in the past is using them to get for some sort of giveaway to get their email addresses. For example, when we launched in North Carolina. We had three content creators and they all did a bit of a pre-launch reel being like, Guess Road Trips is coming. If you want to win a free road trip, follow Guess Road Trips and also subscribe to their email list. And we got, I don't know, I think like 800 emails, which was amazing. And then when we launched, they did another reel, Guess Road Trips just launched, blah, 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 blah. Here's a discount code. And then we had their emails as well. So they heard it from the influencer and then they received an email from us and we again we sold so many within the first the first launch day we tried that exact technique for it's like the dmv area like washington dc and we saw like a fourth 
of that. So it it did work. It was successful, but and we even spent more for the for D and B. Yeah, every market's different, and it's every market's different. It's odd. Yeah, great. Listen, Jessica, our thirty minutes together is over by nine, but I was too yeah too interested in 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 this interesting model. Hopefully, our community will. F- not hopefully they will find value in this as just a new way to think about what you can offer as a tourism product. And so thank you so much for sharing your advice and insight. You bet. Yeah. Okay. Have a good one. And that's today's episode. If you need show notes from today's conversation, make sure you go to tourpreneur.com and there you'll also find so much more, including our free course on Google, things to do leading to more direct bookings and more exposure on Google. Available again at tourpreneur.com slash Google.